Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Now we're on on the other one. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38 uh, through 41, and also Luke chapter 12, verse 30. That's where I'm going to be preaching from this morning. And so if you'll turn with me to those two passages of Scripture today, um, that's where we're going to be going today as we continue in our series Uh, And so today, what I want to do is I want to take you kind of on a different journey today. This is a different kind of fish story than uh, what we've been talking about so far. This this particular fish story uh, is one that doesn't use a rod or a reel. It doesn't even use a net to uh, catch catch fish. As a matter of fact, it's not even a story of a man catching fish, but rather it's a story of a fish catching a man. And so I want to tell you this story uh, because it is a tale of a whale. And this tale that I'm going to tell you about is really a whale of a tale also. And so we're going to try to keep all that straight this morning. And uh, if you'll help me, we're going to have a good time. So I want to preach to you today a tale of a well. And so if you'll help me pray. Father, we thank you for the anointing of God that comes into this place each and every week. That, Father, you did a work at Calvary's cross that we get to experience on a daily basis. That, God, it is active in our lives. It is equipping us to do what you've called us to do. And I'm thankful, Father, that I stand here anointed by you to preach your word. I pray that, God, this morning you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and declaring in the lives of your people. I pray that, Father, faith would be activated in this place in a way that it has not been before. Those that are living with dormant faith this morning, I pray that it be awakened by the Spirit of Jesus Christ in this place. We thank you for that today. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, as you have guessed, probably by now, I want to talk to you about the story of Jonah. The story of Jonah is a story of a man that was chosen by God, but who decided to run instead. God asked him to go to Nineveh, and Jonah ran away from God instead of following what God had asked him to do. I think that I want you to understand this morning before we get into the meat of the message that we've all been chosen by God in this place. There's not a person in this room today that has not been chosen by God. There's not a person in this room that God didn't, when he was making you and when he was forming you, he didn't put a plan together and a purpose together for your life. When God made you, he made you with purpose. He made you with a plan. He made you with a concept in mind that he wanted you to fulfill. And we have a choice today whether or not we will follow him or run away from him. Jonah chose to run. Jonah chose to board a ship headed in the opposite direction and get as far away from God and God's plan as possible. And so what I've done this morning is to tell you this tale of a well. I've enlisted the help of someone who is a much better storyteller than me to share the story. Here she is. As soon as the ship was far far from land, God sent a storm. 
for no one can hide from God. Sent, God sent great gusts flying over the sea and waves tossing over the ship. Men on deck, we're taking on overboard. Captain, we're sinking. We need to overboard the ship. Throw the cargo overboard. And all the sailors went under the went went inside the ship. Look, he's sound asleep. We need all hands on deck. Deck. Hey, wake up! Wake up! Come, we have no time to wake him now. As the sailors closed the door, Jonah War fell asleep. That uh, outside, it was dark as night. The sailors began to throw the cargo overboard. Jonah ran upon deck. Only one thing will save the ship. Stop! Stop! You must throw me into the water instead. What are you saying? We can't throw an innocent man into this angry sea. Listen! God has sent this storm to punish me. Punish? Why? I tried to run away from him, and now he has found me. If we throw him over now, he'll surely drown. But the wind and the waves are too much for us. We have no choice. The sailors grabbed Jonah and threw him into the sea. The sea became calm. Down, down, down into the sea sank Jonah. Gasping and nearly drowning, but God was not yet fin finished with Jonah. He sent a big fish to swallow Jonah in one gulp. Jonah found himself in the stomach of a great fish. Oh, it's so dark in here. What will become for me now? Maybe God will still hear me. Jonah turned to the Lord. Lord, thank you for saving me. Inside the fish, Jonah prayed for three days. I'm sorry I tried to hide from you. Please let me out of this terrible prison. I will do as you commanded. God heard Jonah and knew he had changed. He made the fish spit out Jonah onto the land. Thank you, merciful Lord, for delivering me safely to land. Now, Jonah... Go to Nineveh and tell those wicked people I'm going to destroy them. Now, wasn't that a lot better than me sharing the story? When you go fishing, talking about fishing, when we go fishing, one thing that you have to pay attention to are the signs. Think about this for a minute. Signs are important. Signs like no fishing, uh, no trespassing signs. They're important. Signs that tell you the slot rule, the fishing limit signs, bar free zone signs. There's lots of different signs that you have to pay attention to when you go fishing. When you fish, those kinds of signs that tell you the rules are genuinely posted in a very conspicuous place. They're posted in such a place that you have to literally ignore them or refuse to see them and acknowledge them not to get the information that the sign is presenting. People do this all the time when they go fishing. They'll, they'll, they'll ignore signs, and most of the time they end up getting caught because of their refusal to acknowledge the sign that is right in front of them. Jesus said this about the story of Jonah. He said that it is a sign 
that we should pay attention to. It would be a sign demonstrating the, what, the work of Christ that he would do at Calvary. And so let's look at our text together in Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. It says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to them except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. Luke chapter 11, verse 30 says, For as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be a sign to this generation. The life of Jonah, when we look at his life, it is a sign to us all. It parallels every life of every man and woman. It shows us that the work of Christ that was accomplished for man by going to the cross and the work he accomplished from the cross for man. Now think about this. I want you to hear this. Jesus didn't just do a work for man by going to the cross. He also did a work for man from the cross. I'm going to say it again. He didn't just do a work for man by going to the cross. He also did a work for man from the cross. The cross points a man to the Savior, and the cross, at the cross, the Savior points a man to purpose. God's not interested in just getting you saved this morning. God's not interested in just getting you out of hell this morning. God's work at Calvary's cross wasn't just to get you saved and get you redeemed and get you fixed in your life. God's work at the cross went beyond that. That was an entry point into the work that Christ really wanted to do in the life of every person. It began there. Your life in him began there. But it did not end there, somebody. It went on into purpose. And God has a plan for you this morning. God has something that he wants you to accomplish today. And if you stop at the work of salvation, I'm telling you today that you're stopping short of what God wants to do in your life. Salvation was the beginning. Fulfilling purpose is the ending. Jonah's life is a pattern that addresses really two groups of people today. And those are the people that I want to really get what I'm saying today. The first group is those on the front side of salvation. Those that perhaps maybe are running from God or refusing to surrender to Him as Savior. Those yet to, to receive the work of salvation, yet to accept Christ as their Savior. The second group that I want to address is those that are on the backside of salvation. Those that have acknowledged the work of Christ Jesus. That He did come and redeem them from sin and set them free. But they have yet to embrace the purpose the Savior is pointing them to. It's not just about salvation this morning. It's also about walking in the fullness of Christ Jesus. And so let's go to the book of Jonah. We're going to be going through several chapters. I'm going to pull from different places today. And so Jonah chapter 1, if you want to follow along in, the, in your Bible. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, verse 3 says, but Jonah arose to flee. Underline that in your Bible if you have or highlight it. 
But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So Jonah hears the word of God. Jonah is a person that can hear from God. He is a person that is in tune with God, what God is saying in his life. He is a person that is not separated from God. He's not a person that has lived his life outside of God's purpose for him. He is a person that in many cases has done exactly what God has asked him to do up to this point. But there comes this point when God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. And it says that he arose for the purpose of running away. Jonah hears the word of the Lord and instead of following, Jonah flees. Jonah flees. Jonah decides that he knows best and he knows better than God. And what does he do? He runs. How many times do we headbutt God? Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. In our heads, we start to give the but God, but God, but God. I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this issue. I can't do it. I could do it, but God, I, whatever it is. We're headbutting God. We're in our heads instead of in our hearts following after the plan of the master and following what God has called us to do. We're thinking it too much. And we're not just trusting God that he has it all worked out. God never reveals all of his details to us. We understand that. And every time we refuse to follow him, it's because we want God to give us more information than God is giving us at the time. We're in our heads when we should still be following him with our heart and following after his plan and will just by simply trusting him and obeying him and doing what he's asked us to do. He rejects God's word and he runs away instead. Let me also tell you this morning that running is an easier choice. Running is always an easier choice, but it's not a better life. Running is an easier choice, but it's not a better life. God wants to bring blessing and fulfillment to you, but he cannot do that if you exist outside of his plan and outside of his will. Here's another problem with running. When we're running from God, it's exhausting, it's expensive, and it's endless. It's exhausting, it's expensive, and it's endless. It's exhausting because of this. Jonah traded a 500-mile journey. That's what it would have taken him. It was 500 miles to Nineveh. And he traded a 500-mile journey for a 2,500-mile journey. He decided to go in the complete opposite direction of Nineveh and get as far away from that as possible. And he goes 2,500 miles in the other direction away from the direction God intended for his life. That's expensive. That's exhausting. What a journey. What a long journey that would be. I was looking at it today and did some research on how far a sailing vessel could make time um, back in those days. And about five knots, about five nautical miles is what they can make uh, in an hour. And so when you break that down, that would have been a 21, 22, 23-day journey at least for Jonah if they made great time like that without any delays, without any problems. That's if the wind was in their favor the entire time and they had no issues. It would take him at least 22, 
days to get to where he needed to be. More likely it was probably like 30 or 40 after all the difficulties and challenges they would have faced at being at sea. That's exhausting. That's exhausting. It's, it's, also, it's also expensive. Verse 3 says, he, speaking of Jonah, paid the fare. It costs you something to run in the opposite direction of God's plan for your life. It costs you something to be out of God's will. It costs you something to live a life separate from Jesus Christ. The fare for fleeing is always expensive. The cost of not following God is greater than the cost of following God. We always come from the place when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, we come from that place. What's it going to cost me? A better question to ask would be, what's it going to cost me if I don't? What's it going to cost you if you don't? What has it cost you thus far in your life for those that are not following Jesus Christ? What has it cost you thus far for those that have accepted Him as Savior but are still not living in the plan that God has for you? How much has it cost you yet? And then the next question would be, is it worth it? Because I'm telling you it costs you more to not follow Him than it does to follow Him. It's going to cost you every day you run from God. It robs you of the life you were created to live. And it's also not only exhausting and expensive, it's endless. It never stops. Why? Because you can never outrun God. You can run, but you can't hide from Him. You can run and run and run, but God is always there. And you'll always feel the emptiness that comes from not connecting to the life that's in Him. Verse 3 says, Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You can't escape the presence of the Lord. So hear me this morning when I say to you that he sees you. He sees you. God never lost sight of Jonah. And he's never lost sight of you. He knows exactly where you are. He sees you right where you are today. And what we face is a choice between stubbornness and submission. Will I trust Him and follow Him, or will I remain stubborn and reject His plan and His truth for my life? Will I be stubborn and resist God's Word and presence, or will I submit to His Word and presence? Unlike Jonah, Jesus was a great example for us. Jesus submitted to God's plan And he goes to the cross. And because of the cross, we have a choice this morning. The choice is, will you flee from him or will you follow him? God knows what's best. He knows what is best for you. So trust him and follow him and don't run from him. Jonah chapter 1 verse 4 says, But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Verse 12. And he, speaking of Jonah, said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Verse 15. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah is on the run. But the run has caught up with Jonah. Jonah's on the run, but now the run has caught up with Jonah. And now Jonah fails. Jonah flees right into Jonah failing. 
Jonah's attempt to lead his own life, follow his own path, ends in utter failure and despair. He finds himself in the nastiness, in the brokenness, in the despair of the belly of a whale. Now think about this for a moment. Think about that scene. Think about that scenario. Think about, just picture in your mind, what is it like in the belly of a whale? Darkness, disgust, digestion. Darkness, think about that. Surrounded by the absence of light and life. Not only the absence of light, but the absence of life. Because he rejected the very source of those things. Disgusting, think about it. Surrounded by the filth of his decision. Surrounded by the disgust of a bad choice. Centered in the center of all of those things. Digestion. Think about this. Feeling failure slowly eat away at himself. Feeling the the slow disintegration of his life and losing himself to the consequences of his choice. There's not a sinner alive today that doesn't feel those same things from time to time. Centered in the disgust of their choices, centered in the digestion of life as it slowly begins to tear away at the person you were meant to be and the person you are, surrounded by darkness with the absence of light and the absence of Christ's life in you. But I would go as far to say those that are also saved and are not following the purpose of God will feel still feel the same effects, maybe not as a great intensity, but they will still feel the same effects over time because you cannot live for God and say He is your Lord and yet reject His plan and His will for your life. You cannot call Him Master and refuse to do what He's asked you to do today. You'll find yourself distraught and separated Centered in the disgust of not following God's plan and will. It'll show up in places like heaviness. It'll show up in places like apathy. It'll show up in places like feeling like you don't have a purpose in life. It'll show up in places like feeling like you can't connect with joy. It'll show up in places like feeling like you don't have hope. It'll show up in all kinds of different places because I'm not walking in the center of the source of all of those things. And that's Jesus Christ. The ultimate end of fleeing is always failure. The ultimate end of fleeing is always failure. Running from God means I'm running to failure. Whether you're lost or saved, refusing to follow Christ's plan always leads to failure, and it's running, it's running to failure. And the fact is, sadly for a lot of people, failure, failure isn't realized until you are surrounded with despair and hopelessness. Unfortunately for a lot of people, they don't recognize that I'm walking headlong into failure. I'm walking headlong away from the plan of God. I'm sure the first day on the boat, everything seemed good to Jonah. He probably felt a relief. He probably felt like he had gotten away with it, and then it starts to get bad. And by the time he's flung overboard, he's come to real grips with the reality that his life is not headed in the direction he intended. 
What a tragedy it is when it takes that kind of despair for us to finally start to listen to God. Here's the good news, though. Not only does God see you while you run, He still sees you in your failure this morning. I said, not only does God see you when you're running, God sees you when you find yourself smack dab in the middle of failure, find yourself smack dab in the middle of rebellion. He's still looking at you this morning. He's not turned away from you. He's not lost sight of you. And He is ready to move you from mess to success if you'll trust Him with that process. Even in the deepest, darkest, disgusting, and destructive places, God still sees you. God still sees you. He, you're never, you are never out of the realm of his reach. God knows right where you are right now. He knows where you've been. And the good news for us all today is he still wants us. I said he knows where we've been, he knows where we are, and he still wants us just like we are. He's willing to take us wherever we're at and take us to the place that he's always seen us being. Verse, or chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice, verse 10. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now Jonah chapter 3, verse 3 says, Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Remember back when Jonah arose, he arose first to flee. This time Jonah arose to follow. Jonah flees, so Jonah fails. But after coming to grips with the reality of life without God, he calls out to God and Jonah follows. From his failure, from his place of failure, Jonah cries out to God. From his mess, from his mistake, from his misery, he cries to God and the good news for all of us today is God answered. The fish Delivers him. The well delivers him to the very place that he needed to be. What Jonah thought he was running from, in reality, he was really running to. You know, that's the truth with us. Many times we think we're running from something. And reality is, God has got a set up plan that causes us to run right into it. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city, and preach, preach it the message that I tell you. No matter where your road is taking you, and no, many, no matter how many detours you have taken along the way, how many times you've missed the mark, no matter how many times you failed to follow, God hasn't changed His mind about you. God hasn't changed His mind about you. God's calling is without Repentance, it's irrevocable. It doesn't change. It's, it stands the test of time. And whatever God has called you to do, you may be 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road from it. You may be 50 years down the road from it. But I've come to tell you this morning, this preacher come to tell you this morning that God hasn't changed his mind about you today. His thoughts towards you are fixed. And they're static. They're staying. They're steady. And they're not going to change. And so his plan for you, still his plan for you. 
His purpose is still His purpose for you. He sees you when you flee, and He sees you in your failure, but He has foreseen you follow. He has seen you in the place of purpose. That's His picture that He has for you. Success has always been the picture for you that God has in His mind. It's never been anything but that. And so let me just preach for a second and say, detours this morning don't deter Him. Failure doesn't frustrate him Delays don't derail him Your history this morning doesn't hinder him Your decisions don't discourage him And your lack doesn't limit him He's always seen Jonah in the place Jonah now finds himself Positioned for purpose And that's the same place that he's seen you That's his picture for you God will let you travel God will let you travel the same cycle over and over again. From fleeing to failure. From fleeing to failure. From fleeing to failure. Until one day you look up from that place of failure and decide instead of fleeing, I think I'm going to follow God. I think I'm going to pursue Him. I think that His plan for me might be better than the plan I have for myself. I might consider that the joy the Lord has for me may be better than some manufactured joy that I can come up with in my own life. He'll let you pursue that same cycle over and over again. And He's patient to wait on you until you decide. And all the while keeping in place the plan that He prepared from the beginning. God knows what's best. He knows where you've been. He knows where you belong. Follow him, and you'll find yourself positioned for purpose. Jonah chapter 3, verse 4, And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And then verse 5 says, So the people of Nineveh believed God. Jonah flees. Jonah fails. But when Jonah follows, Jonah fulfills. Jonah fulfills. Not only does he see you, not only does God see you where you are, he sees you where you have been, he has foreseen you in your purpose, and he will see you through to success this morning. God knows what's best. God knows where you've been. He knows where you belong, and he knows what you can become. And he is intent on bringing it to pass. Blake, would you come? When you flee, you'll fail. But when you follow, you will fulfill God's plan that he has for you. Now, when Jonah went into the belly of the well, it felt like death. But in reality, it became a delivery system for destiny. When Jesus went to the cross... It looked like death. But in reality, it was the beginning of a new life. Jesus' work at Calvary became a delivery system for you and the life that he had created for you. For three days, Jesus was dead. But after that three days, he arose in victory, having defeated death, hell, and the grave. It was a transition to triumph. It was a sign to all of us concerning the word Christ would fulfill that allowed us to live a life of purpose and a life of meaning. 
Would you stand with me across this place? So hear me when I say this to you this morning. That oftentimes what feels like and looks like death. Oftentimes is you being carried to purpose. What feels like a surrender of myself. What feels like me laying down my own desires and my own wants, my own will, that feels like death sometimes. It feels like I'm losing myself. It feels like I'm being lost to the process. But what I'm telling you this morning is what feels and looks like death oftentimes is the plan of the master to deliver you into the purpose that God has created for you. Some things have to die so other things can live. And so the old person has to be passed away so the new person can live in Christ Jesus. That's what we're talking about this morning. Pastor, I don't know. Pastor, I don't know if I want to serve God. I don't know if I want to follow Him. What's it going to cost me? What's it going to require of me? It feels like death. But I've come to tell you that on the other side of the crucifixion is the resurrection. And a new life full of purpose and fulfillment. Mark chapter 8 verse 34 says, When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, let him die to himself, let him take up his cross and follow me. And so this morning I'm talking to two groups of people. I'm talking to those of you that are on the front side of salvation that need to make Jesus your Savior. Those that have maybe been running from God's plan, God's call, God's spirit. You've not surrendered your life to Him. You've you've determined that that you're going to do this at a later date, but today is not the day for you. I'm telling you, you're never going to find the life you look for and the life you want without Jesus Christ. It starts with having a relationship with Him. The second group of people that I'm talking to this morning are those on the backside of salvation. You've asked Jesus to come into your heart. You've asked Jesus to be your Lord. But you have never let Him lead you into purpose today. You sit there week after week and you don't initiate yourself into the plan of God. You're a part of the body of Christ but you remain inactive as a part of that body. Jesus has a purpose for you. Salvation wasn't His only plan for you at the cross, but purpose was also His plan at the cross. And so today is a day that you discover and begin to walk into that purpose. The choice is very simple this morning. It's flee or follow. It's flee or follow. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.